Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Dom Engel. Dom, it's good to see you. It's it been a while. It has been a while. It's good to see you as well, Michelle. It's very good. Here in LA, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, you know, we're not going too far afield from the hotel. Uh, it's warm outside. We've had a little walk up and down, but mm -hmm. uh, it's fight week, so we've got to keep concentrating on Billy Joe Saunders, make sure he's doing everything right and not letting him out of his sight. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. all good. So you and I have not spoken since the... Uh, you know, the rekindling of the, the relationship between you and Billy. Not saying that there was ever a falling out, but he's back in camp with you guys. I feel like you have the whole squad back. What's that been like? Oh, it's very comfortable. You know, we sit around a log fire, keeping nice and warm, <laughs> drinking cocoa and talking about the old times. But um, I don't know, when was the last time we talked? Was it in it's Boston last year, maybe? Yeah. In fact, when we were having yes. the conversation about why Billy Joe Saunders left. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe we've done uh, interviews before that. But no, everything's good. Um, he had his fight. He went up a weight division, won the middleweight, uh, super middleweight title, mm -hmm. and um, you know he's back. He's back in the camp. So you know, you know, you know what he's like. He likes chopping and changing. He likes a bit of something different. He gets bored very easily. So he came back to Sheffield. He bought an house in Sheffield next to the Galapad. And uh, he's had a good uh, 12 week camp. He had four weeks in uh, Marbay with Ben Davison. He obviously got commitments with Tyson Fury and, and Billy found himself back at the gym. So it's been good. What was the conversation like? I mean, obviously, a lot of people felt that he looked his best while training um, with you. I think, you know, one of the reasons he'd, he'd had six months out prior to that and he boxed Willie Monroe Jr., had one week off and then went straight back into the camp for David Lemieux and he kept his, you know, Billy's one of them fighters, a bit like Kilbrook. You've got to keep them busy. Yeah. They're not good with time in between fights. So he had a really, you know, it's a really long camp for the Lemieux fight. He looked brilliant. And then he just got waylaid for almost a year. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, back in, he's back in Sheffield. And, um, you know, the, the conversation was, oh, I'll be back up at the gym on Monday. And that was it, you know. There was never, there was never an issue when he went. Uh, like he came to me, it was a bit of a gift when he came, you know, out of the blue, and it was good. And uh, you know, and then he, he went, and you know, we, we never fell out. And hopefully, he's going to shine on Saturday night, and he's going to have a couple more fights with us. But listen, it's a fight at a time. We'll just see how it all goes. It's been about six months since his last fight. I believe he fought sometime in May. Um, what have you guys been able to like do or keep him busy and, and make sure that he doesn't really? have too much, you know, downtime in between? Because as you said, it's, it's a bit dangerous for Bill to have too much time on his hands. I think, I think his last fight was actually April. I think it was. And I was at that fight because we had another guy called Willie Hutchinson on the bill. And obviously, you know, we had, we had the crack with Bill. It was a good performance, I thought. Very tough opponent. Um, he, won, he won his fight. But to be honest, I think um, he's kept himself busy anyway. He's been, he's been active. He's obviously been uh, knocking around with Tyson Fury and doing what he's doing. But I think obviously... The, after that last fight, there was a lot of change in promotion-wise, a lot of wranglings going off, and he's obviously changed camp now. And I think he had an idea that was going to happen after the world title fight. And that's really kept him focused because he knows, you know, when he came to Eddie Hearn, that, you know, we always say, be careful what you wish for because he's wanted these fights. And he's going to, I, think, I do believe he's going to get these fights. So, you know, he came to me and said, look, I've got a big contract in front of me. I've got to be switched on. I can't have any distractions, you know. Um, I'm 30 years old now and I've got to do the work. Uh, so he's, he, that's what's kept him focused more than anything and kept him on it. So, you know, he has, he has put the work in this camp. He's spar great. Sometimes just sat watching him spar. You know, people have been coming in. It's like, it's like watching ballet dancers, the way he moves around. I just yeah. hope... Light, very light on his feet. He's light on his feet. I just hope that because we've... 
we've we've come on only coming only a week before this fight. Usually we'd be here three weeks. That the jet jet lag's not going to catch up with. Him. I don't think it will because he's looking good in the little bits of training that he's doing. So I'm just hoping he puts on the performance because a lot of people are coming up to me in the street, fight fans, and asking, you know, they're, they're glad to see Billy Joe Saunders in America. It's the first time he's been here. Obviously we did Canada, but that's you know probably more English than than American. So you know hopefully he's going to do the performance on Saturday night. And we know he's making his first title defense against Marcelo Coseras. What can you tell us about Marcelo? He's just tough. He's got long arms. Um, he comes to have a fight. I've watched plenty of him. Um, he's tough. It's, it's an ideal fight for Billy. I mean, you've got to understand that you know, he's not going to get the you know, Canelo or, or Golovkin or even Daniel Jacobs or even Andrade at middleweight straight away. And I think it is a fight just to dip his toes into. It's obviously on this KSI Logan Paul bill. And, uh, you know, it's a start. He's got, the foot in, he's got his foot in the door. And, you know, it's no different to when Andrade boxed the guy instead of Billy last year. He, the kid was a tough guy. Uh, he came to fight, but, you know, Andrade dealt with him easy. And I think Bill just needed to dip his toes in the waters in the U.S. and then straight into the big fights. Now, I know not to overlook or even sound disrespectful towards um, Coceres, but we know that there's a lot of other names that we would love to see Billy fight against. As you mentioned, some of the... F- the guys that you have mentioned, also Callum Smith. I know that, that a lot of people are campaigning a bit for uh, that unification fight. What's the likelihood that we can see it? Um, you know, I think that's a great fight. It's a good, um, it's a, it is a good fight for the, for the UK, and I think a, people, a lot of people in America would be interested in that fight as well. Mm-hmm. But as I've said before, you know, Callum Smith is a good fighter. He's tall, he can bang, he's on the up at the minute. And... Uh, but I just know that his style is not suited to Billy. Billy's style's not sorry. Billy's style's not suited to him. Uh, he's a southpaw, Bill. Obviously, uh, Callum's very tall. But you know, I've seen Bill deal with very, very tall people. He's got a very, he's got very good footwork. He can get in and out, into position, into range, in and out of range. And I just think the style's all wrong for Callum Smith. And I don't think it's a fight that they want to take. You know, if I was them, I'd be looking for the bigger fights. You know, with other names, maybe, maybe Canelo if he comes back down to, you know, 12 stone. Um, but I think if Eddie could pull that fight off, I think that'd be a great fight. I always believe that you should be the best in your own country before you take on the fighters abroad. And I think that's a great matchup between Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith. What do you make of uh, Chris Eubank Jr.'s recent comments towards Billy saying that he needs the payday? Well, you know, I look at it this way. He got beat by a faded George Groves. You know, the very next fight, George Groves got beat by a very good Callum Smith. And I think a good boxer, you know, Chris Eubank Jr. hasn't got a fantastic boxing brain. His dad did, but he hasn't. And, you know, he's never really, for me, he never seemed to set the spark on fire type of thing. And Billy Joel Saunders beat him when he was 60, 70% fit a long time ago. And, and for me, Chris Eubanks has only improved very, very slightly. Um, anybody gives him a bit, bit of movement, got a bit of a boxing brain, I'll always outwit him. So it's an easy fight for Billy, in my opinion. And I think it'd be a great fight. People would want to see it again because obviously he has matured a little bit. Chris Eubank Jr. Um, but it would be a good fight. But I think Blue would beat him even more convincingly the second time around. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Canelo, we saw what he just did at light heavyweight. Uh, very impressive. You know, I want to ask you how you saw the fight going all the way up until the knockout because uh, many of us had our scorecards with one round up for Kovalev. You know, the, the Russian way of boxing, for, I've watched a lot of Russians, they put everything in quite early. Look at, look at him against, um, you know, when he boxed, um, the, the, the other fights he's had, they come in and they put in a lot of work in the five or six rounds, the Russians. And then they tend to peter off a little bit. Golovkin does the same thing. And yeah, they're always, me with the calls of front runners, the front runners they are. But age was always going to catch up with him. And 
you know, when you see Anthony Yard box him, he just didn't put enough pace on Kovalev. You know, Yard, he was a young guy, but he, he sat back and let Kovalev box at his own pace. Whereas Canelo just kept the pressure on, kept the pressure on, kept, a bit like a runner was running behind you and then they beat you in the last 100 metres. And you knew that it was going to be an age thing and Canelo was fresher and younger. And eventually, you know, it caught up with him. Kovalev wasn't at his best at this point. I, I, I do believe that if Kovalev was at his peak and Canelo was, that Kovalev would beat him every day of the week. But it's a time thing. Timing in boxing is everything. And, uh, you know, it's like when Kovalev boxed Andre Ward. He looked great for the first three or four rounds, you know, and uh, it looked like Ward was going to unravel, but he didn't. He came back, he stuck him there, and then, you know, got on the, uh, the back end of the rounds and beat him in both fights. I think he stopped him in one of them. So that's the measure of, uh, of, of Kovalev. He's very tough, you know, uh, but he's had a lot of tough fights. Uh, he's been a great campaigner, but I think it's just time now for him that his, his speed and reflexes and age is catching up with him. Speaking of father time, we saw Triple G have a very, very close performance against Derevinchenko. How did you score that? And do you think that age has now officially caught up with Golovkin? You know, I don't tend to score. I look at Golovkin and I just see the win. I, don't, I didn't pay too much interest to that because, you know, he, there's very few fighters who can hold back time. Bernard Hopkins did a fantastic uh, job of doing that because of the fighter that he was but the way Golovkin fights you know they talk about setting traps with, with boxing Golovkin used to set traps by letting people hit him the number of times somebody was delivering a shot and he counted them very quickly I think one of the best I ever saw was against Daniel uh, Giel and uh, he, Golovkin got hit with a shot and almost looking the wrong way when he hit Giel and looked around and Giel was on the floor but yeah time has caught up with Golovkin it's like he's it, he just takes shots in fights and you can only do that for so long but he's another great campaigner but I just hope he hangs in there for Billy Joe Saunders because I think it's a, a fight that people want to see and I don't think anybody I don't think Golovkin will look back and think he's losing his touch you know he might have just put it down to a bad day at the office um, but he has been in a lot of tough fights but time is catching up I think he's 36 37 now and it's 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 a it's an old age when you've had tough fights do you worry that Billy's gonna have an issue getting those big fights being as good as he is he's one of those boxers that many would consider a high risk and low reward meaning there's there's too much to lose um unless obviously he beats the likes of like a canelo or golovkin then he elevates a little higher but do you worry that's going to be an issue and that you know a year will pass before we even see a big fight um, I think where the timing is now that, you know, Golovkin is probably one or two fights before finishing. Obviously, Canelo's got a lot more time. And with boxers, I think, you know, Golovkin being the fighters will always think he can beat the likes of Billy Joe Saunders. And, and money, you know, speaks very loudly in this game. And I think if enough money's thrown at Golovkin, that that fight can be made before he bows out of the sport. Um, you know, that's down to Eddie to pull the strings. I do the training, you know, let Eddie do the graft, graft in that and, and try and make that fight. You know, he can make those fights. And I think it'd be a great fight. I think we, I think we could see that fight. You know, it might be a bit more of a difficult proposition for Canelo because Canelo's riding the crest of a wave at the minute and he can pick and choose what he wants to do. Right. He can go up and down divisions. You know, obviously he's not finding the opponents in the, in the middleweight division or the super middleweight division. He's gone up to light heavyweight. There'll be fights there from... He can work within three divisions. Talks of cruiser now. Yeah, maybe even cruiser. But with Golovkin, when it comes to the end of your career, it's almost, you know, take what you're offered type of thing. If he doesn't get the Canelo fight, then he's got to look at the next best thing. 
thing and where the money's going to be. And regardless of the opponent, I don't think they look at the opponent when they come to the back end of the career. I think they look at the money thinking, well, you know, I have made a lot of money, but I need to have a big payday before I finish. That, I think finance has become uh, more of an issue towards the end of your career. Uh, whereas Canelo at the minute, he's, he's still young, he's still fresh, he can still have the big fights, whereas Golovkin may be one or two more fights, so it could be an option. This is your first fight with Billy at Super Middle. What's it been like in camp, you know, with having to spend less time with um, making him lose weight? Um, to be honest, it's, it's not been much different because where he's at now with his weight is probably where he would be if he's making middleweight. Do you know what I mean? So it's like he, he makes super middleweight quite easy. Um, but I think ultimately, ultimately, he's, he's going to be better suited at middleweight. You know, he can, he, can, he can box at super middleweight. You know, he's been sparring super middleweights, he's been sparring cruiserweights. Sorry, like heavyweights. But it's, it's, for him, it's where the fights are. Uh, I think everybody's talking about this Andrade fight, and, and, and that's obviously an option as well. But, you know, I think Billy's now confident that he can work between two divisions um, and maybe even like heavyweight because he's taller. You know, Canelo's only a small guy. Billy is quite a thick set guy. He's, he's tall, he's 5'11, just touching under six foot. So he can carry the weight, and he has got the boxing ability and the skills to compete at that weight. He would be very fast as a light heavyweight. So, you know, it's not been any different. It's just a case of keeping him focused in camp every day, getting through the training, making sure he's resting when he needs to make sure he's being entertained and he's not getting bored and nothing's to give him little challenges every now and again but don't push him toward and he's, he's enjoying the training I think. I was going to ask you about that because for a while there I want to say not this year but last year was a really tough year for Billy. He was just for anyone who knows him knows that he was a, a bit off and he was distracted and there was just too much going on in his life. How have you helped him sort of stay on the straight and narrow and make sure that he, he does remain focused? Because it is easy for him to get distracted. I'd like to say I've done this and I've done that and I've done the other, but I haven't really. I think going into the fight, uh, in his last fight for the super middleweight title, I think he knew where he was going to go. And there was talks underway after that fight with Eddie. And that's what's focusing. You know, the thing what's focuses a fighter is somebody telling you, a very well-respected promoter, that you're going to get the fights. That's what it is. It wouldn't really matter. Yeah, but it wouldn't really matter what I say because what keeps him on track is knowing that he's going to be putting fights with good fighters, and you know he's got to be on it. So he, that's how they think it's their mindset. You can keep, you know, for this camp it's been easy because he's, you know, he said to me constantly, "Look, I've got maybe two years now. I've got to have the big fights in two years and then get the money and bow out. And hopefully Eddie can get me the fights. Just put me in any big fights. So that he's, he's actually motivated himself. It's just a case with us of not letting him do too much, not burning himself out. You know, planning the stage. You know, they're talking about May the 5th for Canelo, but Billy's talking about, you know, so even if he boxes Canelo in May, he wants to fight in January. Right. By, you know, keep, keep yourself busy because he is the type of fighter that when he spars, he doesn't take any shots. No matter who you put him in with, he just doesn't, he can do as much sparring as he wants. Whereas other fighters I've got, like Galahad or Kel Brook, you know, maybe take one or two more than, you know, than Billy Joe Saunders. So he doesn't take any damage in training. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the worst thing for him is he just loves junk food in between fights. <laughs> So if Eddie gives him a gives him a date after this one and says, you know, by January, end of January, you're going to be you're going to be fighting again. Mm -hmm. Christmas will have to be put on hold, and that's the you know Billy says I need to fight. I've wasted too much time. Mm -hmm. So he's you know he's he's, he's, he's self focused really. I was going to say because I know that he's mentioned that he would like to retire by 32. I know a lot of fighters say that, and then they get to close to 32 and they change their minds. But nonetheless, if that is in fact going to happen, how many times a year do you anticipate that he will? keep fighting realistically realistically you, you know a fighter at that level should fight three times a year that's my belief you know um, if you keep yourself on it 
you think a, a camp is 12 weeks, that's 36 weeks for three camps, you've got to have time in between. But if you're keeping yourself on it, you only really need to have maybe two weeks off in between, two to three weeks, just be ticking over. Let your, your, your mind rest a little bit, keep it away from boxing so that you're fresh when you come back into camp. It's not really a physical thing with Billy, it's a mental thing, it's keeping you know, your mind, don't you? When you're having to focus and concentrate like he does, you can't have one week off. He has done it, and he, you know, between the, the Munro fight and Lemieux, and you could see mentally, it took him a few weeks after the Munro fight to switch on. Physically, he was doing all the stuff. And then the realisation, I think when we went to Canada about four or five weeks before for a press conference, he thought, right, here we are. And it was a bit of a challenge. You love winding up Lemieux and, you know, wind up the, uh, the Canadians. And he, put on a, he did put on a career-best performance because he knew he was up against it in, a, in a, different, a different country. So that's the thing, you know, I think three times a year, is, is, is enough you don't want to burn yourself out uh, you could probably do four but really you're going to be pushing it you're going to be more prone to injuries when you're older when you're younger you can do it but when you're older you're going to get more injuries yeah you don't want to risk losing your passion no. either because then you can definitely overtrain which we've seen happen to many other fighters sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. so lastly i want to ask you about kel what's the what's going on there's rumors talks that he was considering retirement and then there's talks of or I'm really asking where the hell this whole Amir Khan fight is happening. Is it going to happen? Is it still being discussed amongst Eddie and Kel and Amir, or, or should we just completely write off that no, fight? I think I've spoke to Eddie. Kel's in training, and obviously now he's 33 now, and he's not, uh, you know, he's not uh, the top of the, the top of the list because there are other fighters now coming into coming into place who are more active, and you know, are on the way up. And I think. We just, I think he just wants to sign off his career against Korn. Uh, and I've spoke to Eddie and Eddie says he's talking to, talking to Korn. It could be January, February. Look, the thing is with Kilbrook now, he hasn't got the option. He's got to be in the gym training, keeping himself on it. He's got to train through Christmas. He hasn't got the luxury now of Eddie saying, oh, you know, in 12 weeks' time you're fighting this guy. It's a case of suck it and see. And he's got to wait. And Korn's going to try and keep him hanging. But I don't think there's anywhere for Korn to go either after his last performance against, I think it was Billy Dib, was it? Yeah, it was shocking. But well, we hear that he's going to be fighting again in Saudi Arabia soon. Maybe so, but look, he's like Eddie keep, you know, Eddie keeps his cards close to his chest. He'll mention, you know, keep him on it. We're looking at this date, we're looking at that. Nothing's, nothing's concrete, but, you know, you've got to have a bit of blind faith sometimes. And that's where Kelbrook is. Um, one of the last times I spoke to Amir, he was saying that, you know, oh, it's going to be next. It's going to be next. And he kept saying it's going to be next. And I, and I asked him again, I was like, you do know that people are going to start to make assumptions after a certain point if, if, if we don't make the fight next. They're going to think that you're running from mm -hmm. Kelbrook. Why do you think the fight has not come to fruition? Because there's no excuse of someone's already locked into a fight at this point. It's just, it's dangling there. Why do you think that he has sort of failed to pull the trigger? Because I think Khan's somewhere trying to look for another fight, you know, seeing who's going to entertain him. But for me, I think he's actually run out of credibility now. I think he's been done in by that many other fighters that, you know, obviously his last fight, Billy did. Well, what's that all about? You know, if you, if, you know, anybody could have boxed in Saudi Arabia for big money. It could have been a big name, but nobody's interested, I don't think. So I think it, that fight shows that really now he's running on a thread and really should take the, the, the Kelbrook fight. And, but I still think he's putting it out there to try and find another option because Kelbrook will always be his last option. And Kelbrook, if he fights Kelbrook, it will be his last fight. He's not going to beat Kelbrook, no matter what. So, you know, he's gonna, that's the fight he's going he's gonna to have. He's going to disappear. Uh, and I think he'll be forgotten after that. So we'll see. What did you think of his performance against uh, Terence Crawford? Well, he was always going to get beat. He's always going to get beat. He's not, he's, you know, look, look at Korn. His peak was when he was with Freddie Roach back in those days. It's like a long time ago. 
and after that, you know, he's just he's just got himself through fights. You know, fair play to him, he's chucked himself in the mix. But look at the Canelo, he looked great against Canelo for four or five rounds till Canelo just set him up and bump, and that was it, it was lights out. And that's always going to be the case with Khan. It's, it's not a secret in the UK, it might be in America, but even as an amateur, his, his chin was always a bit flaky. So, you know, he's, 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 he's done so well to, you know, hold up in the, in the pro game. But, you know, it's coming to an end for him now. He's, 30, he's probably 30 years old, 30 or 31, 32. So same for him now. I think they need to get this Brook fight done. And whoever loses needs to pack up. And if there's another one fight for, you know, another fight for the winner, well, so be it. But, you know, Kel Brook's ticking over and he, he wants this fight. Sorry, not this is lastly. Lastly, good news for Kid Galahad. Mm. You know, now he'll kind of put him back into the mix in line for the IBF title that a lot of people felt that he should have won in the first place. Uh, can you give us any information on that as to when we can anticipate when he'll be back in the ring? Is it January, February? Well, the, the purse bid's been done and it's got to be put on within 90 days. And um, there was, there were, Eddie was talking about a date in December. But I think where it's at now is I'm quite happy for it to go on in the new year. Uh, it is a big fight, and, and and it's a fight. It's a tough fight for Galahad. It's a fight he can win. You know, fair play to Eddie. He stuck behind him, um, and I think Josh Warrington was was gifted that decision in the uh, in the, in the summer. People will obviously disagree because they love Josh Warrington, but you know, people who know boxing know uh, that Galahad won that fight. And Josh Warrington's last performance against that, that you know, Sofian uh, Touche, whatever they call him or whatever they call, you know, he was like he looked like the guy he'd never fought. And we did hear, you know, from uh, Frank Warren and Warrington's dad and Josh Warrington, he's going to get these big unification fights in America and they wanted to conquer America. But where's that gone? You know, he's not in America. We're in America. Kid Galad's in America over here supporting Billy Joe Saunders' training. And uh, it does make me wonder who's going to fight next. But, you know, hopefully Galahad wins this eliminator and he's, he's thrown back into the mix with uh, Warrington. And, you know, this time he will beat him. We'll get the decision. You know, we'll make sure of that. Um, and I don't think Warrington, you know, is going to save the thought of having to box him again. So we'll see, you know, maybe moves up. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, we, that's where we're heading. We're targeting Josh Warrington again. All right. Well, Dom, thank you for the last 30 minutes because I know I kept you. Your coffee's gone cold. Look. <laughs> so I said to you, I'll do this interview. That's a, that's a regular Starbucks. We're going to have to go downstairs now. We're going to have to buy me a large okay, one. Okay. okay. Have you got six dollars? I got, I got, I got some cash monies. Okay, I got some cash monies. You know what? I'm, I, I meant to ask you though. I know this is again, lastly. Um, <laughs> somebody, told anybody... me, somebody told me you're high maintenance, and I went, no, not Michelle. But you know what? Now I'm thinking maybe you are high maintenance. Oh my god. Oh my god. Bite your, oh bite your god. tongue. Bite your tongue. Anyways, I'm curious. Has anybody ever, or have you ever, accidentally been clipped during like? Uh, pad work or anything like that See, because would, a lot of a lot of trainers have. I would expect you to know that. Being a big <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders fan, oh. I would expect you to know that because when he first boxed Willie Monroe, I was in the changing room and Billy has got exceptionally fast hands and there's a clip somewhere on the internet and he throws a backhand, he throws a straight left, and you see, he hit me straight. Luckily, I was on the end of the punch, I wasn't falling into it. He just clipped me a little bit. I didn't even see the shot coming, you know, and I do a lot of pad work, so you do tend to avoid it. And his hands were that fast, I did not see the shot. So if you actually type in there, you'll find it somewhere. You can put it on, your, on this end of this interview and say, you know, big red arrows like you do and look at this and, you know, but the thing is, even if he did, I've got a solid chin and I'm not going down. 
So was he the only one though? Uh, I've had my fingers broken on the pads. I've had the, the ribs banged up a bit, but I think he's the only one who's actually maybe. I think Kelbrook once hit me. I got the pad at the side of my face. Uh, that actually probably toppled me over, but um, more, more the force of the uh, lean, lean into it. But as far as the clean shots concerned, I've managed to stay on my feet. Okay. So you know, I've got a solid chin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dom. Thank you so much for your time. He's like, I got a solid chin. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it as no always. And hey, look, I look forward to seeing all the big fights being made between all three of the guys that we talked about today. Don't forget, large Americano skim milk, yeah? Takeaway. To We're going to go downstairs right now. Okay. All right. Bye, Fight Fans. Hey, Fight Fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here or else.